This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the door report. It is episode 203. We're recording on a Thursday night, February the 2nd. 2023 we are powered by alaco finewood floors family owned and operated for more than two decades alaco finewood floors is nashville and middle tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors since 1995 jimmy alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction if you're interested in contacting them you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue out in Berry Hill or give them a call at 615-356-0303 or look them up on the web at alacofinewoodfloors.com. Also got a couple more sponsors to uh, introduce. We introduced Primus Bank last episode, uh, but then again, Primus Bank, Kennedy Mathis, loan officer, NMLS number 2179364. Kennedy has a passion for assisting families in realizing their dreams of home ownership. Contact Kennedy at 931-224-7684 or email him at kennedy.mathis at primusbank.com. You can apply for a mortgage at primusbank.com. Primus Mortgage has a solution for you. Cash out, refinance, first-time homebuyer, rental properties, USDA loan, VA loan, and much more. Apply online today, again, at primusbank.com or call 931-224-7687. Another commercial to get to, Will Byram with Pickett. We'll take it away. We might have to start breaking these up, Billy. We might have to we might have to start having some sponsored segments here and get a, get a little creative. But I'm super excited to announce that we are also partnering with Pickett. I missed last episode due to sickness, but thankfully I am back, so I missed the introduction of Primus Bank as our uh, second sponsor. But our third sponsor now is Pickett, and this is an app that I personally use. All of your bets and friends in one place mm. automatically sync all of your favorite sports books shop lines track performances and explore bets across your community all on the picket app with picket you can see all of your sports betting accounts in one place to track your past performance and see upcoming bets compare your statistics from week to week and month to month at the click of a button engage with your community by seeing what others are betting on and interacting with their activities and I can tell you, as somebody that gambles, probably a little bit too much. There are two main apps in this space of syncing up your bets across sports books: Picket and Action Pro Sports Network. I have used both, and there is absolutely no contest that Picket is the better app. Boom. Use the code TDR at sign up 
just three letters, TDR, not case sensitive, sync one sports book, and you will receive either $3 or $100 directly Venmo to you. That's all yours to keep in cash. It's real as a user. So use the code TDR at sign up. That is Pickett spelled P-I-K-K-I-T. And thanks, gonna... Pickett, for signing up with TDR. So, Billy, how was that as a first read? That was phenomenal. That was beautiful. Phenomenal. I'll give you an A-plus on that, Will. It was a great hey. read. I'm going to need some refreshing on that. Uh, it's going to take me probably a couple of weeks to fully understand uh, that whole process. Will, you're the guy, though. You're the guy to do that. And uh, Pickett is the place to be for all your bets and friends in one place. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna spread these out, guys. We won't make it too uh, <laughs> too filled. Yeah, with, and if you uh, want any, any more information on Pickett, I'll add it in underneath with a link to that uh, sign up information as well. So you don't you don't have to listen back or anything. We'll make it real easy on you. There you go. So, guys, on a that was a great way to start the episode, but it's not going to be positive like a picket sponsorship <laughs> is. Or, uh, you it's know, all Primus, downhill from here, boys. All downhill from here. Yeah, Primus Bank, Kennedy Mathis, who's doing a great job writing for us in a tumultuous time for Vanderbilt basketball. But it's he's been great. Uh, he had a recap for the Alabama loss, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do our best to give a recap of uh, of that game. Thrilling. Brother Thrilling got the short guys. end of the stick right in the balance. <laughs> the Jerry, <laughs> this this portion of the Jerry Stack house. You know, era. the thing is about that. <laughs> that came in at a wrong time. <laughs> he came in though, and they had, I think they had just beaten Arkansas. And, you know, they, they had beaten Georgia. So, you know, we felt like the way we've talked about this team has changed so drastically from two and a half, three weeks ago, guys. I mean, Very it's, it's it is ridiculous. So We'll we'll recap Alabama. We'll get into Stackhouse's recent comments, not just after the game with the Hibachi Steakhouse comment, but also some <laughs> some of the comments today in his media availability, uh, which I was surprised he, they you know he even had one this soon. I guess you have to on a Thursday, you know, a couple of days before another SEC game. And towards the end, we'll get into our kind of sort of top three candidates to replace Coach Stackhouse. And, you know, in whatever order, that'll be a lot of Trevor and I. Will is going to take some more time to study those, um, probably deservedly so. But <laughs> I think it's time to to sort of start that process. This isn't going to be anything official. Our list may change down the road. But, guys, I don't even really know what to say about that game. Um, it was almost – it got kind of comical. Like, it was one of those games where – you know, you start off okay. It's like, okay, Vanderbilt, you know, they may be able to hang in there. And then Alabama, I think, was up 24 to 5 or something like that after the second media timeout. And the starting lineup, after I saw the starting lineup, I knew something was up, guys. I mean, something is is seriously wrong within this locker room and with this program. Maybe a lot of things. So, sort of initial thoughts, guys. We'll take it away. There are so many thoughts, Billy. So many thoughts. And I... I want to talk about the actual game and what we saw before I get into my inevitable rant about what Jerry Stackhouse has said after the game. Uh, and as bad as the post-game presser was, his presser today and his media availability, availability today was worse it, it, than it anything. Worse. It, it It's amazing that there was a lower depth to go to of seeing a coach just have a complete mental breakdown of idiocy. But the game was very, 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 very bad. 
And it's hard to not connect the comments that Stack made, but guys did just miss shots. I mean, Liam came in. He was clearly, as Stack said, just rusty and missed some easy looks. But the offensive side of the ball does not excuse giving up 101 points. And there's a certain level of just taking pride in the letters on the front of your uniform that that you would think a team would have, especially laden with experienced players. And clearly, Stack has lost this team. You could see it on the bench. You could see it in the body language. You could see it on the court. None of these guys want to play for him. None of these guys have a love for the game anymore. And you can say they're playing hard, but... I know, Trevor, that you're, uh, you might mention this quote. Maybe they were just playing in fear because certainly these Jesus guys Christ. seem to be playing uh, in a way that is not free-flowing for a love of the game, and that can be seen very clearly in a final score of 101 to 44. Trevor, on to Are you. you so, so you're telling me that these guys aren't, aren't playing out of love for their uh their uh benevolent dictator that they have. <laughs> benevolent dictator. Their uh their their czar that they have coaching them X's and O's. I mean, yeah, this is I mean, I've been watching I'm twenty five. Uh my very first Vanderbilt basketball game I ever remember was in like 2005, 2006. And this is by far and away the worst loss that I've ever experienced. Um I mean, on all accounts, it was bad. I know we'll get into the starting lineup, and I know Jerry Stackhouse gave a reason for the starting lineup. It was an awful one. I don't care. Um, I'm to the point – I tweeted this before the Alabama game, and I hate, to, I hate to be this way. I really do. But I'm to my breaking point to where – and I still watch the Alabama game in its entirety. I'm to my breaking point now to where I hope Vanderbilt gets run out of the gym every single game because I think that's what it's going to have to take to get Jerry Stackhouse out. I know that Candace has made progress. I know that Deer Meyer has made progress, but I was, my roommates in Alabama fan, we watched the game together. I was talking to him about it. And I said, there is still just like a little bit in the back of my mind to where, even though we've seen so much progress as a Vanderbilt fan, you're always like, they're going to mess this up somehow. I feel like we talk about it on every segment. And I think, that if I mean God, if they can somehow I hate to even say salvage the season, but if there's like a way that they get better and it's not as bad as we think it'll be, Jerry Stackhouse is gonna keep his job, guys. I just I have that bad feeling, and the only way that he gets out of Nashville is if we see performances like this night after night after night, and I'm to that point to where I just hope it happens. Um Vanderbilt basketball is dead. I thought, it, I mean, the Bryce Drew era was bad. I we're obviously not going like winless in SEC play, but it's it still sucks. Vanderbilt basketball is very bad, and there, it's just I don't even know what to say. It makes me depressed. It makes Mason, me really depressed. It's the guys. It's the Mason era all over again. That that's what it is. It really is. It's Mason, Derek Mason and basketball. Mason was at Vandy for seven years, and probably two or three years too long. Probably two. Um, and those last two years did enough dam. We saw the damage it did. I mean, the, and and you know, I don't know who you. We can blame whoever we want for that. 
Um, obviously, that's on the athletic department and the administration for allowing that to happen. This is gut check time for Candace Lee. I mean, th- th- this is yep. it, it, that's what it is. This is gut check time because number one, you you signed him to an extension before this season, and I know we talked about that. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. Like, I don't think that's the you know, oh, we signed him to an extension. That's holding us back. I don't think that's that's what might be holding them back. But Trevor, what you mentioned. You know, I think it has to get worse for for them to pull the plug. I, sadly, I really do. As crazy yeah. as I crazy think it's as that, have to get bad. Yeah. As as that's crazy how he sound. It, he sounded so confident in that press conference. The way yeah. he was speaking, the the comments he made, which we will get to later on. I mean, it didn't sound like a guy that was feeling the heat from the hot seat. It sounded like a guy that maybe felt like it was starting to get a bit warm. But either his tone was somebody that just doesn't give a shit or he has a sense of confidence in his job security right now. And guys, I I don't know about y'all, but I felt really like deep down bad for the players during that game. Like I I, I really did uh, because you got some really good kids on that team that, you know, I'm not going to say we have relationships with or anything like that, but you, you, you feel bad for them. There's some young kids on the team that were looking forward to a, you know, a fun college experience, a, a, a nice start to their collegiate basketball career. And this might really damage it for some guys. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what I thought about. And we'll get into more of that, guys. We'll get into how this affects the players, how this affects Vandy fans. Because I talk, I, I tweeted about apathy last night. There was definitely some apathy up until la- last night, up until two nights ago. I think Vandy fans, you saw people come out of the woodshed that we haven't really seen in a while uh, come out. So mm-hmm. we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, guys, the starters, we'll, we'll get into the starting lineup. But first, before we get to that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's talk the state of Vanderbilt men's basketball. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Dead. All right, guys. Let's uh let's it's get to dead. it. Trevor <laughs> Trevor just said dead. Um and it's you're dead. Right. you uh I think you're right, Trevor. Uh to an extent. Like I I let's talk about this because Vanderbilt football, that last year of Mason, wasn't just dead. I mean, that was, it was like buried six feet deep. Like that, that that's how bad yeah. it was. It was decomposing. At this, at this point for this basketball program, guys, it's, I don't know if you could, if you could say dead or what, whatever you want to say. I, I think it's, it's, it's survivable. The season might be survivable for Stackhouse. I mean, we, we talked, we just talked about it. You know, you've got an yeah. Ole Miss team coming up that's really bad. Coached by a guy in Kermit Davis who is likely to be fired after the, after this season too, so it's this is going on at other SEC schools, but at Vanderbilt, guys, it just it hasn't gotten better. 
That that I think that's no. the biggest thing. Like we expect, we were talking about this season as another step forward, uh, n- not a big step, but be on the bubble, be be on the bubble. Obviously, Liam gets hurt, so that puts a wrench in things. But well, we before the season, we were optimistic. I mean, we 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 really were. So how much has that changed for you? You know how how because <laughs> it's changed a lot for me. And obviously, down the stretch of this season, there's a lot of basketball to be played. I'll say that. I mean, Trevor, you talked about it. There's a lot of basketball to be played. But how deep has it fallen, Will? The schedule gets easier. So they're probably going to win a few of these games. So I just want to get that out there before I, I discuss any of this. But we talked about it leading up to the season, that this was the first year that we were going to judge Jerry Stackhouse on wins and losses. And he had a roster that had talent theoretically and everything had kind of gone the way he had planned to get his roster there and get his guys there with experience have exciting freshmen coming in and Colin Smith Noah Shelby and Lee Dort and it's been a massive disappointment I mean it's just been the overall chemistry how this team has looked but I was actually willing to come on here and kind of take the controversial stance prior to the Alabama performance (laughs) that, Hey, I'm not defending Jerry Stackhouse and saying he is the guy. I've been very vocal about my issues with his offensive scheme, but he had his best player get injured. And that completely hampers anything that you want to do on the offensive or defensive end. And then his backup gets injured as well. So now you go from the entire strength of your team is in your size and post play and depth to now that is your biggest weakness, like that, in a snap. Mm -hmm. So I was actually willing to come on here and, you know, cut him some slack and say, hey, look, it's not, the record's not great, but they're coming out there, they're putting up decent performances, I wouldn't say even good, but decent performances. And given, given the circumstances, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but let's wait and see. You were still telling that line. This (laughs) performance against Alabama reminded me of the Derek Mason Missouri game it it reminded me of a level of level of lack just lack of talent lack of preparedness and lack of care on the sideline and that's really what is really that's the the biggest thing right there Will that's the the final sign of a coach yep that's the the final sign of a coach because sorry to cut you off I'll I'll get back to you but I mean, you got you look at him on the sideline, guys, during that Alabama game, and and uh, he didn't get up. He didn't get up. He didn't call a timeout. I mean, that, he called how many? Did yeah. he call a timeout the entire game? No, that's that was going to be my next part what, of this. What is he that? Zero timeouts, and yep. a lot of this coincides with some of the things he said in his presser today. I was about to um, say yes. Yeah, and and are I'm you ready get, to get to those? I, I'm ready the to game, get to some of these quotes. Yeah, I, I'm ready to get to some of these quotes because a lot okay. of the things we've touched right. on have been addressed. And as to why my my opinion of Jerry Stackhouse is just I'm done with him. It, is it's over. It doesn't matter. He's lost me. He's lost this team. He's lost Noah Shelby. He's probably gone after this year. He's lost Tyron Lauren. He's lost everyone. A lot of guys, yeah. So, I will say before we get to the comments, that's a, losing the losing the team. I have seen a little bit of pushback of guys being like, Oh, well, if he leaves, you're going to lose the freshmen. Guys, I hate to be this guy. They're gone. 
they're gone regardless. I think you have and a better I, chance I, of keeping them if he is fired. And right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I hate to be that guy. If this keeps going, and I would love for him to stay because I think he's really talented, Noah Shelby's gone. I just – let's just call played. a spade a spade. Yeah, like they're – they're gone regardless. So you might as well kick them to the curb and just let's freaking rebuild for, I, I feel like the fourth time in uh, five years, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, let's just, Guys, let's just do it over again. And and I know we're going to get to those comments. Well, one more thing after the game, I mean, a, a, the majority of Vanderbilt fans were irate. They were, it was fire stack. It was, there was all of that, but you did see sort of, a, I don't know, four or five percent of people saying and it was almost it was honestly funny seeing some of these comments like i'll still be at memorial gym supporting this program saturday okay you know good for you but i saw a little bit of guys it's one game it's one. i don't want to hear any of that one game crap yeah it's not yeah it's one game you lost by 57 points but but it's not one game it's like it that's like saying a 55 year old morbidly obese man that has a heart attack (laughs) It's yeah. be- it's his heart's fault. No, there's yeah. been a lot of things that have happened that have led up yeah. to this catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And then just to drop an atom bomb on the hospital that the morbidly obese 55 year old is in recovering from his heart attack is Jerry Stackhouse's comments in, in the press. And those can only be made by a fucking moron or a man that just wants to lose his job and be fired and take his guaranteed money or whatever that he got in his extension. Because or some a of the coach who like, like I'll, I'll let you, because I think we're on the same point, Jerry, like someone like Dean Smith, like your coach, he could have made these comments because he, because he, he was, was Dean a Smith. winner. You earn the right to make probably make these comments, comments like this. You, Stackhouse look hasn't earned anything. Like, look at someone like Jim Bayheim right now, who is 10 times the coach Jerry Stackhouse has ever will ever be. Jim Beheim is not winning right now and continues to make dumb comments and people are crucifying this man yeah. at like they're they're burning him at the stake. And it's, yeah. that's Jim Beheim. You as a are coach, not him. As yeah, as a coach, especially in the SEC, you should never use the media to make those sort of statements where, you know, I mean, it's almost like Stackhouse separates, okay, there's locker room talk, you know, he, here's what I'm going to tell my players. Here's what I'm going to tell the media. And I feel like that's yes. totally different. I feel like he yes. puts on this facade to the media saying the administration is in support of me. But meanwhile, in the locker room, who the hell knows what's going on? I mean, I don't I don't it would be Jesus, only only yeah. God knows what what's being said in that locker room. I mean, guys, we haven't even talked about Tyron Lawrence didn't play at all. He was reportedly laughing in practice, I, I say we go through these quotes one at a time, and then we can all raise our comments <laughs> oh, okay. that I've written down. So let's yes. do that. Uh, I'll start going, and I kind of have them in chronological here's, order. Here's from what we'll his do. Fifteen. Yeah, you've got a lot. You got a bunch of quotes. Well, here's what we we'll do. You will read a quote. We will react, and we'll yep. move on from quote to quote. So start with your first. I like that. So these will be in contextual order. So we will basically be reacting to Jerry Stackhouse's uh, 15-minute presser uh, today. His media availability, it's available on YouTube if anybody wants to go check it out. I watched it three times just to get myself (laughs) infuriated and ready to ride uh, for this segment of episode 203 of TDR. But just to start out, uh, the first quote that just ticked me off, and this isn't even really one that needs a comment, but it 
it's just the first few words that came out of his mouth about the game were it was good getting Liam out there. He was rusty, had a bunch of makeable opportunities that would have kept the game in a competitive balance. What would, it, it, what? would it have? <laughs> yeah, he missed like five shots, 10 points. Maybe, maybe maybe in the first 10 minutes, it would have been competitive. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we missed, Liam missed some shots. Some guys missed some shots. That's not why you lost by 57. That That's simply not. But then after some more comments, first three and a half minutes, um, he was kind of asked, how do you assure fans that you are still on the right track? Basically, mm. was was the question that was asked. Big and Jerry Sackhouse responded, you just have to watch the game. The good looks, the makeable looks we got. We did have some turnovers, but we did have some looks. Main shooter was one for seven and another one for 11. They were all makeable shots. Then... The, the fact he was that he immediately says, asked, but th- yeah. this is a related quote. He was immediately asked to follow up. So who are you guys in your mind? What's your identity? He immediately responded after answering that previous question for about a minute, minute and a half. He said, we are a defensive team. Jesus immediately Christ. after he did not make one comment about defense as to what happened, as, as to what happened, you gave up 101 points <laughs> in your explanation for why you lost was all in reference to having open oh. looks on the offensive end of the court and missing them. And then you said you're a defensive team. You gave up 101 points. I don't know many good defensive fucking teams that give up triple digits <laughs> okay, in college okay. basketball. Speaking of Jim Beheim, how many of those legendary zone defensive teams for Syracuse gave up triple digit points? I I would bet quite a Maybe bit of money never. that was zero. Yeah. Zero. He he. Also, I will guarantee you, great defensive teams do not give up over 100 points in college basketball unless there is an extra period after the end of regulation. Before the season, he also called this team young. Like quote, we're we're a young team, Jerry. This is the most upperclassmen you've had. You you have more upperclassmen than than underclassmen. Like he tries to put an identity on his team that might save him fr- from the media. Like. We're a defensive team. Well, that one didn't work. You just gave up 101 points. We're a young team. Uh, no, you're not, Jerry. You're you're not a young team. So, I, I, like I said, guys, I, I think a lot of this is to the media. He thinks he can make a difference. He was like, okay, this is where I'm going to make a difference with the fans right here, right now. Let's go. I, I'm I'm going to convince the fans that we're back. Vandy basket Vandy basketball is back, and it's he's making it worse. It he that yes. that's what's that's what's happening. That there's no, there's no helping this situation right now. Honestly, I wish no. they didn't send him out to the media yesterday. I, I honestly like that. That's that's where I am with this. So, uh, well, let's get to the next one though. Yeah, we could talk about that one. That one for for quite a bit of there's, time. There's but, some so pretty the, good the, ones. Then it was kind oh, of back and God. forth. So uh, this right here is some of the like Vanderbilt media. Like there were plenty of things that he said in that first five minutes to be dug into yeah. that were just also, lies and wrong. Real quick, I'll, the I'll questions about, were not good. I'll say this about Vanderbilt media though. I like guys like Bryce Smith, uh, Joey Dwyer on Twitter. They have been mm-hmm. good with the quotes in, in providing us. Like if we, you know, because honestly there, there's not really people that want to cover this team. You know, that like the local Give me people, a press pass. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, obviously we do, 
but from a sort of a different perspective. But what I'm trying to say is the local media isn't even all over this team. And, you know, for good reason. Um, I think they've done a decent job, but continue. Will. I think that is that that's what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to shit on the local media. That's yeah. not what I mean, because it is local media. But I just want to preface these quotes that we are reading by saying these are not difficult questions he's being asked. These right. are not questions that are pinning no. him into the corner. And he, these a are lot of times he doesn't even know softballs. Yeah, these yeah. are these are softballs. These these should be yep. knocked out of the park. Any person working in a professional business environment, if they answered a simple question as idiotically as this, their boss would shred them in a meeting. And this is man. This it's is amazing man how years he, of media training, dude. He play, like he get media training when he was a, a seventeen UNC year NBA at, career. Yeah, at, yes. he got media training when he was at the NBA. He got media training whenever he was a coach, wherever the hell he was, and he got media training at Vanderbilt. That's like it's it's asinine I, to the fan base. I present myself better on a day to day basis on Zoom calls seen by four people that work within the company that I work with and speak more concisely and clearly and answer questions more directly and make more sense every day. And it's not media availability and it's not about the fucking basketball team that I coach and am paid an exorbitant amount of money to coach. So on to the next quote. Get to the scheduled loss one, yeah. Yeah, so the next one is about the scheduled loss, Billy. And he said, and and basically the gist of the question was, you want to win every game. How do you balance that versus taking a long-term view uh, with sitting guys? And he said, and in quote, Jerry Stackhouse said, every night you want to go out and win. If there is a scheduled loss, that might have been it. Not taking anything away from Alabama. It's not about them. It's about us. So what was it? Scheduled loss. But was it a scheduled loss or was it about or so was it about them or was it about you? Because was it a scheduled loss or was this a message that needed to be sent regardless of what opponent you were playing? So right there, right there, someone should have said, Jerry, that doesn't make any sense. What you just said in two sentences contradicts itself, Jerry. So let's try again. The Let's quote, redo this. The yes. quote scheduled loss sounds like it's coming from a fan. Uh, honestly, like, like that's you a game know what we, this yes. sounds like. Sounds like the waves this, or cycles. This, you want to know what it sounds like? It sounds like Derek Mason. Yes. He was like, we're going to go through ebbs yeah. and flows. We're going to go mm-hmm. through highs and lows. And to the all the Vanderbilt fans who are listening, you are not dumb. Like, whenever you read these quotes, you're like, oh, Jerry Stackhouse has much more basketball knowledge than I do. Maybe he's right. I'm wrong. You are not dumb. Jerry Stackhouse is gaslighting you. <laughs> you are you are being manipulated. Yes. It is It just point blank is what it is, and that has been his entire career with Vanderbilt fans. And I'm sure we'll get to the grudge quote, and then I'll – Next. Let's get to Jesus. that one. I yeah, like that one. I just – that so, one sent me off a cliff. Yep. Uh, this is the next one and all of this is in sequential order all of these comments i should they're all within like eight minutes it was a long press by the way yeah this was amazing how quickly he rattled off all these stupid quotes um (laughs) but getting to basically why tyron lawrence and wasn't playing why the lineups are being done how they are being done uh in quote jerry stackhouse said Guys get sensitive and don't want to shoot the basketball. 
go 0 for 2. I can be the bigger asshole. Clearly, he's talking about Tyron Lawrence as to why he didn't play. And then Jerry Stackhouse goes on to say, in quote, at the end of the day, this is a benevolent dictatorship. You're going to do it my what? way. You're going to do it this way. I really don't care who feels any different about it. I know what we're trying to build here. And then I know the benevolent dictator and all of that got the attention. But what set me off and made me know that I needed to write down a gigantic list of these quotes and watch the press conference over and over was then he continued to say, I know what we're trying to build here. He said, not trying to build something that's of no substance, substance, where where you do something that has subs, subs, substance, substance, Jerry, substance, substance. He said, he said substance, substance. He he repeated himself, corrected himself, to then continue to incorrectly say the word. I didn't so know you went this deep, we, Will. We are dealing, we are, we are truly, and then he said, I'm the guy to do that. I'm the, after mispronouncing the word substance three times in a row, he said he was the guy to build the program. So either Jerry Stackhouse is ready to get the fuck out of Nashville, fire me now, please. And that's what these last two press conferences have been, especially today's presser or Jerry Stackhouse has been hiding behind an NBA basketball career and shot up the coaching ranks, and he's mentally handicapped. Because what he said in those quotes today are the words of a man that does not want the job he currently has. And it feels like he was trying to piss off every single Vanderbilt fan that still watches the dog shit that is put onto the hardwood by Jerry Stackhouse and this program. Right now, Jerry Stackhouse has led this basketball program to the same place that Derek Mason did, which is apathy and the subtle disrespect of low expectations. I've used that quote before, and I'm going to continue using it. If you were defending Jerry Stackhouse in any way, you are disrespecting this program and these players and every single player that has played in this program before by saying what you watched on that court against Alabama was okay and was acceptable. It was a shameful performance, and you should feel ashamed to be a part of a program that walks out there in an in-conference game with excitement built up around it and performs like that, and you're just okay with it, it's just one game, crumple it up, throw it over your shoulder, no. No, no, no. I'm usually of that mindset. That's not how a performance like that goes. That that performance was a symptom of a much larger problem within this program, and it's time, Candace. It's time. Fire it. Well, that is uh, – this is – and we all love Vanderbilt football. Vanderbilt basketball – is not Vanderbilt football to where Vanderbilt football has been years and years and years of disappointment with maybe like little glimpses of like contentment every now and again. Vanderbilt basketball has a real rich tradition. Like whenever you go into Memorial gymnasium and you look up and you see the tournament appearances and you see 
all these championships and you see names like Perry Wallace and Will Purdue and Clyde Lee, you see any guys less than like a little over a decade ago, we were watching guys like John Jenkins, Jeff Taylor, Shane Foster was not that long ago. Jermaine Beal was not that long. 11 years ago, they won an sec championship with those guys 11 years ago. Against against the greatest Kentucky team to ever be put on a court, arguably. Guys, this there's no it I understand, and maybe this is just Stockholm syndrome. I understand that there might be a reason to be just content with Vanderbilt football's performance sometimes. There is no reason to be content with the product that you're seeing for Vanderbilt basketball. What did Van, Vandy Lance's famous quote? was if the ball is round, we are sound. Vanderbilt Boom. has always had a good basketball program, yes. a respectable basketball program to where people did not and, I, and let's just I hate people being like, oh well Vanderbilt basketball is tough to play. You don't want to play them. Shut up. That yeah, is there's the been dumbest. a lot there's like, been a lot of fake there's been a lot of fake stuff going around dude, from color. Oh, you can shove it. Don't. I don't want to hear that ever. Again. That's the most disrespectful. He's a great X's and O's guy. Coach. Yes. An opposing coach can make because that was said all. The, that is said all but, the time but, about the worst football teams in the history of yeah, football. They play. That's you why they play. do it. That's why yep, they that's do it you because Rick Bar- when Rick Barnes says that. He he wants Stackhouse in the SEC as long as he as long as he can have him in there. So does Coach Calipari. They're gonna say, you know, Stackhouse, great X's and O's guys. They they play really hard for him. You know that they yeah, play. Where hard is for this him. narrative they, coming from that Jerry Stackhouse is a great X's and O's coach? This is a, another one that I know, Trevor. You feel and Billy, you feel every broadcast yeah, like, that comes on ESPN, SEC. They don't Network, have anything else to say. That's why they make comments no. and opposing coaches. They got to say about something. His great, he runs he the, most the basic, the most that, basic offense. Trevor, he runs horns action up top. He runs pick and roll action. He runs America's play, and he runs slip screens to shooters in the corner. Nothing he does is anything that we didn't run at my high school. Yeah, I don't understand where thing, this narrative guys, is coming from. Another thing: How long was he in college? Was he a two-year college player? If one of y'all could look that up, we'll look that up. He, I don't. He wasn't a one and done, but. If he, you know, he's a one and done type of guy in college. You know, I, I, he was probably a two or three year guy, but he's an NBA guy. What was his career? 17 or 18 years in the NBA. I mean, he played till he was almost 40. So, so two years in college, right? Will? okay. Yep. So two years in yeah, college. Yeah, 93 or 95. Under Dean Smith. Okay. Great coach. Probably learned a lot. His dream all along, guys, was to play in the NBA. He, the, Stackhouse is an NBA guy. Okay. He, he runs sets that that suits big time star players where you have, you know, that's why he had success in the G League. He had a guy like Fred Van Vliet at, at point. I mean, he had a lot of talent. And yeah, they did win the title. But he ran good sets that suited star NBA players. But it's not like he built a culture with the, you know, whatever that G League team was. I mean, the the hire to begin with, guys, this was all predictable. I mean, that from the get-go. Anybody saying convincing themselves Stackhouse can work at Vanderbilt is brainwashed. They're brainwashed. Yeah, I, so I probably am. I mean, I, I'll admit it too. I, <laughs> I I'm not like yeah. I was. It's not like I was drinking all the Kool Aid like a, you know, like a Clark Lee hire. But I I was 
I was a little excited. You know, I, I yeah. mean, after Bryce yeah. drew 0 and 18, you had to be excited about something. So it's always hard not to be excited. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> for me, guys, what I'm getting at is he's an NBA guy. He has never built a culture. He, he probably doesn't like dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. He, he called them. He, he said, that's another quote. Will he said, they're a little sensitive. That's mm-hmm. fine. That, that quote right there is maybe the worst. You called out your players, and he's done this so many times, guys. This is the this is my biggest rant against Stackhouse. Has he ever taken blame for anything? He, has he ever said, you know, guys, this was on me. I, I need to coach better. I need to lead these guys better. I, I need to be a better leader of this proud Vanderbilt basketball program. He has never said that. He's always Tyron was one for 11. He publicly, personally shouts out these guys. And I'm like, what are you, who who does that? That's ridiculous. Like, that's where it has gotten old. It's gotten really old. And there's a lot of things I'm not saying right now because I'm trying to be somewhat respectful. If, If this was us hanging out at a bar, having some beers, this would be a lot worse. But I'm trying to be somewhat respectful. At the same time, I guys, you you're almost at a loss for words. That, that, that that's where I am with a lot of this. Like, it's over. It's done. Yeah, Andy fans have had enough. I I've got to get you hit on something earlier where you said I can't believe you said this to the media. And so what he was doing and what Jerry Sackhouse was doing by sitting Tyron Lawrence and the quotes that he gave, uh, where he said. Guys, not laughing and joking. You just lost one out of four. Give a damn about what's going on here. That's another. Well, you're laughing and joking Stackhouse. in the presser, Stack. So Jerry, th- you play golf I... after so, losses, look, Jerry. Basketball is different than other sports. Okay, I'm going to tell you that the guys that play basketball, I I was never one of the elite players, but I was on teams with very talented guys. Every player that plays basketball is kind of a like, especially the incredibly talented talented ones diva like imagine how receivers are in Mm -hmm. football and that's that's how every basketball player is including me when i step on a basketball court but (laughs) so what happened with tyron probably joking around or whatever that probably did happen and probably did need to be addressed and maybe it had gotten to the point where the disrespect had grown over the season and it was necessary to sit tyron out for the game, not to the media, the though. Quote exactly. You so I've seen this happen and seen wherever that eventually you reach a breaking point and you just have to say, "We're I'm not going to play you until you learn the lesson of you know acting like a professional coming off of a loss." Whatever. If it did, if it didn't, but Stack- that you can talk away the quotes from this where he said, "You're scared to shoot the ball playing 20 minutes, 0 for two. That's insane to put that yeah. out publicly into the media that is something that should never be mentioned out there much less that shouldn't be mentioned in front that's of that's in a one on one sit down with the player yeah even that, yes. even in a like a film session if you were like why are you so scared to shoot the ball two shots two shots all that would be like dude why are you attacking the guy for maybe yeah. you can attack him for not diving for a loose ball or attack him saying he wasn't blocking out but Man, that these quotes are just crazy of publicly calling out guys that you just referenced are 18 yep. to 22 years old. That's where the culture is dead, guys. The players see this. 
by the way, the players see all of this and they probably see a lot of it outside the locker room where, you know, maybe there's some talk going on, but they see these quotes guys. And when you, it's, as a player, as a big time player, say you're Tyron Lawrence, you see that quote, you're done with the guy. You, you don't want to play for that coach anymore. Yeah. Why would you want to play for him? I mean, it, that, that's ridiculous. The, you have your coach publicly shaming you like that. And yeah, maybe what Tyron did in practice was wrong. But don't address that to the media. That you keep that in house. Look, it's not even run, it, it, you're, this you're is running. the thing. Like we can we can go like I don't even know if I have a problem, like how I would respond if I was the player. It'd probably motivate me to want to if I did get playing time to want to go out and score, which is probably the idea. But it's just so far down the rabbit hole of bad decisions, right? So like we're so far past the point I could or scenario I could ever see myself being in as a head coach of a college basketball program. Like just that being the reason that I have benched him in the first place is just crazy to me. Like that that in my head I've said and then calling myself a benevolent dictator. Yeah, what like was that? that that right there. It, it, this is a benevolent dictatorship. That is a real live quote. I thought it was fake. I saw people tweeting out that quote and I was like, no way that's real. Like this has to be fake news. And I had to watch it and see it for myself before I was willing to come on here and say it was a quote from Jerry Stackhouse. So well, and and two, you want to talk about players being sensitive. Yeah, Jerry, like I'm sure you don't want like hypersensitive guys on your basketball team, but like we said, they're kids. But if you want to talk about sensitive, Jerry, and I'm sure I, I I don't even know if we've gone addressed the grudge quote or if it's even come up yet. My brain is sort of scattered. Jerry, you are known for fighting people in the NBA. Boom. That is your whole shtick. Your whole <laughs> shtick as a Vanderbilt coach has been blocking the fan base. You have slid <laughs> in fans' personal Twitter DMs telling them to shove it. Oh, Whenever man. we lost the streak against Tennessee, something that means the world to Vanderbilt fans, Mint. you said meant, yes, God, just rest in peace. <laughs> that meant the world to Vanderbilt fans. You said we really don't care. Guys, Jerry Stackhouse, like I said earlier, it has gaslit and manipulated the fan base. You are not crazy. Jerry Stackhouse is a sensitive coach. It Dude, just is what it is. That, that, I'm so glad, Trevor, that you were going there because that's what another one I'd written down. The fact that he had the fucking audacity to call his 18 to 22 year old college students that are on his roster sensitive when he is perhaps the most sensitive head basketball coach at the NCAA level that I have ever seen. I don't like, even Jerry, have to these tag. Are kids. Yeah. I, you don't even have to tag Jerry Stackhouse to get blocked. He's, he, he searches, searches his he name. He searches his like name. Like a 13-year-old yeah. girl and blocks people that are even partially critical or accurately critical of his shortcomings. That's amazing to me that he doesn't yes. have the self-awareness. My Twitter bio is painfully self-aware because all the time I'm thinking how that probably overthinking how things are being perceived that I am saying and doing and not wanting to call out people for things that, you know, maybe I'm guilty of as well, but being sensitive, Jerry, look in the mirror, buddy. Like we need to get, we need to get I, stacked I to change his bio to that. Will 
that that needs yeah. to be his bio yeah painful lot not <laughs> painful not self-aware whatsoever uh, might be a good hey, quote for jerry got- great nba career you're you're a cooler guy than me and all of us on this podcast jerry because i think a lot of this comes from the perspective of i played in the nba for 17 years what have you done and it's like nothing but you're a shitty college basketball coach and yeah i don't have to be respectful this isn't my career, this isn't my job. I come on here and get to give my full unfiltered opinion opinions. And Jerry Stackhouse, X's and O's wise on offense, is not even at the level of a regular high school basketball coach at the 3A Tennessee high school level. He runs NBA sets with the idea in his head that college that college teams are going to defend every player like they're a scoring threat which is what NBA sets are predicated on that every single person on the roster can at least hit a 10 foot jumper. And that's just not the case in college basketball. So teams just play off of guys that are not threats on offense and nothing that Jerry Stackhouse does works. It has been that way for four years and I'm sick of it. We got any more. So more I'm officially on the Jerry Stackhouse firing train. And so anything from here, let's ride. Any more quotes? Nope, that's it. That's it. All right, <laughs> that's it from Will. There are Mike more, Trump. but I, yeah. but I'm. It, but it, I don't it, know it if got, we should keep getting riled. By the way, yeah, we've gotten man, we've gotten riled up. Um, Bryce Smith <laughs> has know. really. I don't know if it's a thread, if you call it a thread or what, but Bryce Smith, uh, sports editor from the Hustler, does a phenomenal job. Uh, so go to his Twitter mm-hmm. if you guys want to look at some more quotes. Uh, be entertained. Well, I. Yep. Go ahead. You got. There is one more quote that I that I didn't pull up. <laughs> Sorry, it was on the, it was on the third page, guys. Sorry, uh, but in quote, um, this is I think it was Aria that asked it, but asked what would be a successful season um, or something along those lines. From his perspective, he said, "What do you mean? What do you mean successful season? <laughs> At the end of the day, we want to have a winning season. We played. You should probably look up these numbers." The toughest schedule of anybody you can think of. Probably the second toughest behind Bama in our league. Probably one of the seven toughest in the whole country. No. Well, that's not true. Uh, First off, Ken Palm, 21st, team ranked 54th. But just listen to that quote. Like, I think that you get caught up and he's Jerry Stackhouse. He's the head coach for Vanderbilt's team. What do you mean successful season? We played... The toughest schedule of anyone you can think of. Anybody you can think of, he says. Then he says, probably the second toughest in our league. So first he says, we played the toughest schedule of anybody. Then he says, oh wait, no, we've played the second toughest in our 14-team conference. And then he says, we're prob- we probably played one of the seven toughest in the whole country. All within one sentence. He says three things that are all different and all not true, except for playing the second toughest schedule in the SEC. That is true. Man, I I don't even know what to say anymore, guys. Um, 101 to 44. I don't even think we ever mentioned the score. Uh, 101 to 44. I think they were three from 30 from the three-point line. Alabama hit 19 Ooh. threes. Um, wrong team at the wrong time. That's... That's it, guys. Hey, I that mean, was, what are you going to do whenever one. it's a scheduled loss? 
That was another good one. Yeah, got hey, let, let me say it's this. It's gonna be a to loss Van- anyways. Who cares? Let me say this to Vandy fans. It was a scheduled loss. Okay. It's okay if you lose a game that was scheduled for you to lose. That's that's a that's totally fine. That's totally fine. So when do um, we when does Vanderbilt get their check for, for the pay for play the, game? The scheduled loss, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Loss. That's a good know. question, actually. That should help out with building the new facility. So <laughs> Oh man. Hey, let's, uh, to close out, I don't even know where we are in time. Uh, Trevor and I wanted to talk about our top three candidates to replace Jerry Stackhouse. And Will, I know you said you wanted more time. I, I will respect your decision there. Uh, Trevor, I, I mean, I think we agree and <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you kind of chime in here in a second, but Trevor, I'm going to start with mine and I'll go number one, Pat Kelsey from the college of I- Charleston. He has had a lot of people's. Yeah. He has had the college of Charleston in the top 25 for most of the season. Are they in the top 25 right now, Trev? I'm not exactly sure if they're, I know they've been in the top 25 this season for a few weeks, four or five weeks, something like that. So Pat Kelsey, he has ignited the city of Charleston, a a small town, you know, medium sized town in South Carolina, a, a, a smaller school. That, you know, hasn't traditionally been good at basketball. They don't have the biggest arena, but he has lit a fire under that program that I think he can do the same thing at Vanderbilt. So, Pat Kelsey. They are it, they are not, but they have been receiving votes. They received 68 right. votes in the last, in the last uh, poll. Boom. So, they've been in the top 25. The thing about Pat Kelsey, guys, is he incorporates the city of Charleston within that university. It's, it's the College of Charleston. And Vanderbilt... It's I don't know. You could argue that there's a lot of SEC fans in Nashville. I don't know that Nashville necessarily takes ownership of Vanderbilt, but that's where we need to get to. We need to get get to that point to where Nashville takes pride in Vanderbilt athletics, the two major sports at Vanderbilt. At this point, they don't. I think football is getting there. Football is ahead of basketball right now, by the way. Um, basketball yes. is basketball. Yes. Is, there's no way in hell. I mean, yeah, the Alabama game that was a decent crowd, but you saw some up in the rafters. Nobody was up there. I mean, you know, you, you haven't seen a packed house and memorial since I don't even know when. So, number one, guys, I think Pat Kelsey is a great option because he in, incorporates the city with his program. He He's walking around the city saying, basically telling fans to come to the game. I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Go look at his Twitter account if you guys haven't seen it. He puts up great videos just walking around the city saying, hey, come to our game tonight against – I don't even know who they play, Hofstra. I don't even know, but they, he gets fans to go to those games. I don't even know what conference they're in, but that's that's what he's done there. So, Trev, I'll go with that. Pat Kelsey is my number one option. We'll get to yours, Will. Trevor, who's your who's your <laughs> who's your number one like, guy, Trev? I mean, if you read my Twitter, you know, I, and this is the sort of obvious one. I I like Pat Kelsey a lot, guys. Can't a story leave? Just hop in whatever car you drive in and literally just get on Blakemore Ave and just drive five minutes until it turns into Wedgwood Ave and go to Belmont and get Casey Alexander. Boom. It, it's go it's going to take boom. Nothing. It's it, he will come. If you offer him oh, a he will, contract, yeah. he will come. Casey Alexander is a really, really, really good basketball coach. He knows the took city. a Lipscomb. He knows the city, so you already have a guy who, when it comes to recruiting, is familiar with Tennessee basketball talent. So you've already got that. 
you have a guy that can turn programs around. Obviously, it's not like a major college basketball program, but he went into a Lipscomb program that, for all intents and purposes, freaking sucked. He had Lipscomb humming. He coached at Lipscomb from 2013 to 2019. His record at Lipscomb, starting out, was 15 and 15, then 14 and 17, then a little dip in 12 and 21, not good. But then 20 and 13, 23 and 10, 29 and 8 at Lipscomb. Won the conference. He goes over to, yes, goes over to Belmont to where legendary Rick Bird just retired, has the opportunity to take the reins there. And at Belmont, he went 26 and 7, 26 and 4, Ooh. 25 <laughs> and 8. And they're 14 and 6 right now. They average 74 points a game. And from the three-point line, I think they shoot close to like 40%. They can shoot it. I could they be getting flat out shoot I, it. I could be getting it, but they shoot, they got shooters. So that just I have other options, but that just seems like sorry, my cat's getting in the frame. That just seems Phoebe, <laughs> stop. That just seems like the most like obvious. Obvious coaching candidate. Yeah, um, that's, he's my that's the only one. Well, yeah, Will, that's you why you said that I didn't Belmont. have any. You were at that you said I didn't Drake have any. game. Yes, you said I didn't have any. I was like, no, I just okay, have one. Yeah, I, I didn't because mean that. <laughs> because it's it's just that. I just have one because there's one guy like you said, Trevor. It's so obvious. It's Casey Alexander. Uh, he's and the five bi- minutes from and if you walk. So my dad went to Belmont, so I grew up going to Belmont games. Um, saw a lot of Rick Bird, uh, Casey Alexander. He played at Belmont from 92 to 95, and he was an assistant under Rick Bird for 16 years uh, before he went over to Stetson. Not a bad guy to learn from. Then came back no. to Lipscomb, who was a, a an historically proud program at the mid-major level that had dipped a little bit in recent years and brought them back up to the point that they were the NIT runner-up in 1819. Then goes over to Belmont. I mean, legendary shoes to fill. Literally unfillable shoes in Rick Bird, who he coached under for 16 years. And he just comes out there and the machine just keeps on humming at Belmont. And so you said, of course, they're 14 and six this year. So that record may seem like a dip a little bit, but it's not. I promise. This team changed conferences from the OVC over to the MVC. So previously, Belmont basketball under Rick Bird was in the Atlantic Sun, which is kind of a lower tier mid-major conference. They then mm-hmm. went over to the Ohio Valley Conference, the OVC, which was a step up alongside Murray State. And then Murray State and Belmont both moved in to the Missouri Valley Conference, which was a big step up in competition. And currently, uh, I think they are only one game back out of first, uh, tied for second in that conference so it's a much more competitive conference much more teams within that conference getting at large bids so you're not you're just if they go 26 and 4 in the missouri valley conference they're going to be ranked in the top 20 like it's not it's not the same as going 20 it's not the same as going 26 absolutely in the in the ovc so i had to add that caveat in if you haven't watched belmont play under casey alexander it's almost exactly like when you used to watch them play under Rick Bird, free-flowing, running uh, offense through the post, kicking out for open threes, fun It's the opposite of to watch. It's the, it's yes. the opposite of Stackhouse it's, basketball. Yes. That, that's what it exactly. is. It is he is an, he's, the, he's a proven winner, local to Tennessee, born in Chattanooga, played at Belmont. I think we've got our answer. 
I, I think we've got our answer, guys. Casey Alexander. Now, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of work to do. Obviously, Pat Kelsey would be a phenomenal option. I don't know how realistic Pat Kelsey is. I've heard he's got a couple four-stars coming into Charleston. I think he loves it there. I think he loves it at Charleston. And there's going to be a lot of other D1 schools after him. And I don't know that Vanderbilt is, is very high in his list of schools. That's another thing we we need to remember, guys. Vanderbilt basketball is at a low point right now. After this yeah. season, if Jerry Stackhouse gets fired, it could be a, it'll be a good thing because if Stackhouse doesn't get fired, he's not going to have any players left next year. But assuming he does get fired, when, not if, when he gets fired after this season, Vanderbilt may keep a few guys depending on the coach they bring in. Say they bring in Casey Alexander, I think you'd be surprised at the amount of guys that stay in that program after hearing Casey Alexander speak and, and talk about his his plan for the future. I'm acting like he's already here. But I, I think that's what we need to keep in mind, guys. Vanderbilt basketball is not in a good place right now. Not in a good place. It's going to get a lot worse, surprisingly. Can it get worse than that Alabama game? Uh, Yeah, it can. You've got Tennessee yeah. coming into Memorial. That's going to be ugly. You've got to we play might only we might only score 30 points against Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You've got to play Kentucky at Rupp. So, good luck with that. So, there's some challenging games. you got to play uh, – I think you've got to play Missouri. Uh, again, I could be wrong there. But you've got to play some good teams. The SEC isn't – it's not a great conference, right? At, at least this year, but it's still got some good teams. So, I just want everybody to remember that, guys, that Vanderbilt is not in a great spot. They're not going to be able to, you know, go get the Pat Kelsey – Maybe, you know, they're going to have to offer a lot of money. This is a huge mm-hmm. decision, guys. Deermeyer and Lee have their hands full right now. And I don't I don't envy them right now. I, I, I really don't. So, but I think you need to look at the Clark Lee model. Well, you said it, and so did you, Trev, a Nashville guy. He's been in Nashville, what, the last 25 years, 30 years? Casey Alexander? I mean, he, this is where he's been. And so he's not a guy that went to Vanderbilt, but he's been in Nashville. And so you guys have almost convinced me that Casey Alexander is the next guy. So another guy, though, I'll throw out this kind of a wild card. Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart is at Marquette right now. Oh, I love I would love that hire. That's kind of an outside the box hire. Maybe he wants a new challenge in the SEC. Maybe. But I think Shaka Smart, what he's done at Marquette has been phenomenal. They've got a good team this year. He, he, he was at Wichita or VCU, right? So he's a proven head coach. I think I, I said it uh, beginning of the season, guys, you need to get a proven winner at the D1 level. That's going to be tough to find. <laughs> I mean, that, that's going to be very, very tough to find. So I just want every, everybody to remember where Vanderbilt basketball is right now and how much worse it's going to get because it's going to get worse. This is only the tip of the iceberg. I, I, hate, I hate saying that, and I, I hope it gets better. I really hope it gets better, but by the end of this season, Vanderbilt is not going to be in good shape. But at the same time, I think Casey Alexander is a guy that can fix that. I, I really do. So yeah, uh, well, I'm with you. I, I'm with you on Casey. I know you've seen that team play. You've been in that gym before, and kind of the coaching, uh, you know that that he has been able to display. So Pat Kelsey, Casey Alexander, Shaka Smart. Any other names, guys? I'm going to go through some names that we put out a tweet last night about uh, the fact that we will be recording. So I'm going to go through some of those names. Trevor, any other names? I got 
I got so my third was going to be uh, Pat Kelsey. I have one more that I I've, I haven't seen anybody mention him, and I think this would be a little bit of an outside the box. I eh, not really. I think this guy's a really good coach. I've seen nobody mention him. I would be ecstatic if Vanderbilt hired him. The head coach of the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, Joe Passernak. Right now, never heard in of twenty twenty. Last year, sounds whenever like a he hockey was coaching. Player. Whenever he was coaching for UC Santa Barbara, Big West Coach of the Year 2021, that wasn't last year, overall head coaching record of 171 and 107, so .65 uh, win percentage. His coaching career, he was assistant at Cal from 2001 to 2007, uh, yada, yada, yada. This is where it gets interesting. He was an assistant coach for Arizona from 2011 to 2013. Under Sean Miller. He was – he was Arizona's assistant head coach from 2013 to 2017. Arizona is a program that knows how to win basketball games. Arizona is a really good basketball program. They've done it for a while now. 2017 to now, he got hired at UC Santa Barbara. He's got those boys humming. They have a good offense. They play a good defense. Right now, they're 16-3 and in the Big West. Um and in his second or what was it? No, his third, his first season at UC Santa Barbara, 23 and nine. Second season, 22 and 18, 2019 to 2020, 21 and 10, 2020 to 2000 or 2021, 22 and five. Mm. This guy knows how to win. This guy knows how to win ball games. Uh, they've made it to the tournament technically twice. The first year they made it, it was canceled. It was the it, COVID. And they've been season after that. They they've won they won their conference championship. This I think this guy will be a great hire. Has some head coaching experience with them in major level, but that Arizona that sort of seeing and knowing what winning basketball looks like and how it functions that really interests me. Well, any other names? Is that it, Casey Alexander? I've got I've got my one name, Casey okay. Alexander. I, that's all, that's I, all I have right now. Once Jerry's actually Casey's fired, my number one. Now, I was going to dig in and do, like, more research into what I would put as, like, at least number two or maybe even number three. Then I watched that press conference, and either he is trying to get fired, and we will de definitely have plenty of time to discuss uh, the coaching market, or he is absolutely not going to be fired. So this could just be a gigantic waste of time as well, because that man spoke as if he had complete immunity. Uh, from being which, fired, which is very sad. If he does, if he has complete immunity, that's a joke. That, that's a complete joke. That is, Dear Meyer. Yep. Dear Meyer is the one that's going to have to make this decision, guys. By the way, Candace Lee is not going to step up and fire him. Daniel Dear Meyer is going to have to make the decision. I'm convinced of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But okay. I think Dear Meyer is going to have to be the guy to step up and make the decision. By the way, he hates losing, I've heard. So he's not going to stand for any of this. He he's really not. So another guy I've seen him at a couple basketball games at Memorial. So he was at he was at the loss to Alabama, uh, the first one for sure, because he was walking up and down the section yeah. that I was in. So Dave Portnoy was also there. <laughs> I missed um, him, but I saw Deermeyer. So yeah, I missed him. See too. where my priorities are at. <laughs> a few more names, guys, when then we'll wrap it up. Wes Miller at Cincinnati. Has, he's a young guy. He's done a really good job there. Uh, he's got them playing really well uh, right now. 
we had a picture of Bryce Drew. Somebody sent a picture of Bryce Drew. <laughs> I saw that. Oh man, that's that's great. That's phenomenal. Um, I will say, um, in a response to the Twitter guy, uh, William Theodore said Dusty May from FAU. Yes, that's those another boys one. are. Those yeah, boys, he, they. I just got the notification. They lost tonight, but they're playing really good basketball. They're like right twenty-one. Now. That's the name that interests me. They're in the top twenty-five. They're like twenty-one and three right now. And he, they would, he, te- they technically had their fourth loss like two seconds ago. And he's coached in the SEC. He was an assistant at Florida. Yeah. So he he's got that sort of SEC experience. He knows what it takes. What's his name? Dusty. Dusty May. Dusty May. Dusty May. That all time name sounds like a football guy. <laughs> that's a football name that sounds like a baseball manager to me i don't know why <laughs> but it just does. well dusty baker old yeah, du- dusty, yeah old may. dusty may so like hey, 1958 cincinnati reds manager like that's dusty that, may that name, that name just makes me think of this dude would have these boys run and suicides till they puked that's, <laughs> and he, he would he would somehow light up like a light a fire on the fat v and make Memorial Gym even hotter in the summer. And he's like, boys, just get to running. The that, that's comment. that's a coach that tells you water makes you weak. That's that's a coach right there. That's an old school guy. The best comment we got was from Miller McKee, a guy that's been pretty active with us. He said, Pat Kelsey, Coach K, Jesus Christ, Drew Maddox, and Jay Wright. <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. I, uh, would somebody... take, I would take four of the five. I would take is, four is, G- is Jesus Christ included in that? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, would be included in that. <laughs> there we go. I, th- there we go. <laughs> I think we're too far. I think this this podcast in particular is too far gone for him to okay. save us now. But <laughs> another <laughs> another name is King Rice. He gets I don't us. even know who that is. That's a joke. Um, I'm trying to get to some of these people's comments here. Uh, a lot of dramatics, which I think is surprising. Uh, Chris Mack. Where is Chris Mack right now? He he got fired from Louisville, if I'm not mistaken. So he may have a show cause on him. We had a lot of Rick Pitino. Uh, I don't think Vanderbilt fans would like Rick Pitino. He's at Iona right now, but he's also, also in trouble. Also notorious dirtbag. Yeah, so he's also in trouble with the Jerry NCAA. Jerry Rick Pitino, Slick Rick would be a, yeah. quite the degeneracy. Yeah, William Theodore, he said, Dusty May from FAU, former Gator assistant to Mike White, so familiar with the SEC. He beat Florida at Florida this year at FAU. Top-notch defensive coach. And we know we like a defensive team. Stackhouse said he has a defensive team. Uh, we might need a real defensive team. So, uh, guys, that, that was it from from the comments section. Drew Maddox, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, is most likely not an option. Although he did tweet. Yeah. He said, "What?" He said, WTF am I watching? I thought that was – I mean, he's a, he's a, he played at Vanderbilt and, and is a proud alarm. I don't know what you were watching, Drew. Yeah, I don't even know what I Bring was watching. Bring back Kevin either. Stallings. Interesting. Bring back Kevin Stallings. Sixty-two. What do you think, Trev? I, I, I am forever grateful to Kevin Stallings. I love him. <laughs> I, I do think it was time for him to go, though. I think that it was. I think it was time. Everybody has their run. Everybody has their time, and and he had yeah. a good run. He has a lot of memories too. Uh, yeah for Vandy fans. So that that's a good thing. But guys, this bottom line, yeah. this is still a proud program that has a, a proud tradition in basketball. Like you said, Trevor, I loved when you said this, it's a proud historical tradition, rich program. I mean, look at the gym, look at Will's background. Look at my background. This is a proud program that want their fans want to pack Memorial gym and bring back the magic. 
magic. We haven't seen a whole lot of magic this year. They're going to need some. Stackhouse is going to need some magic down the stretch of this season. Um, so, guys, any any last words here? I know we gave our options. Pat Kelsey, Casey Alexander, Shaka Smart. So that might be the top three for a lot of people. Any last words? I'm just like this isn't this isn't like a serious thing, but I'm just like giggling thinking about now that we talked about Jerry Stackhouse's comments and bringing up Kevin Stallings and how Jerry Stackhouse, his benevolent dictator, would work if he was a better coach. That's an all-time quote. Kevin Stallings told Matthew Matthew Fisher Davis he was going to kill him. (laughs) We were all like, (laughs) Coach Stallings. No, Wade Baldwin. That was Wade Baldwin. Wade Baldwin, yes, grabbed that. It was at Thompson Bowling Arena, wasn't it? The Tennessee game. Grabbed him by the neck, was like, I'm going to effing kill you. And we were like, that's Coach Stallings. I don't look, but there's uh, also the, the last that, that hits on it. The last to Coach Stack. Yeah, the I last would say I have dichotomy. Yeah, or or I want this on record. While we are not that far removed from college, all of us here. I'm 25 years old. I was in college three years ago. I think that, and I've seen players tweet this. I think Matthew Fisher Davis tweeted this out like last season. I think players would prefer that. Yep. over yep. the other side over the over over the top Bryce Drew style coaching of encouragement and I, but the difference is I don't think that Kevin Stallings portrayed this level of detail and sh- individual player shaming out to the media like treat them like men with respect and you are their coach they're young men that need to be developed. They're not kids, but they're also not NBA basketball players. So there's kind of some nuance in there. And I'm not saying grab players by their neck and choke them, but there's a fine line kind of in between. And I think Jerry Stackhouse has done a really, really bad job of walking the fine line. So that's my final words. You said yep. respect, Will. I don't think respect is in his vocabulary with all due respect. I don't think respect is in that man's vocabulary. He really said scheduled loss. He called that a scheduled loss. He said he was a benevolent dictator. So, Vandy fans, sit not with a grudge that. guy either. Not, not a, a grudge, grudge guy. guy, though. It's not a grudge known, guy. Non grudge guy. He Big known non grudge guy, Jerry Stackhouse. He called his yes. players sensitive, but he's not sensitive. He's not sensitive. So, wow. What an episode, guys. We're going to wrap it up. I think that might be two hours. Uh, I think Vandy fans are going to love this, by the way. Uh, thank you to Pickett, new sponsor. Thank you to Primus Bank, Alaco Finewood Floors. Everybody, a part of this episode. This one's going to go down <laughs> in the history great, books. Great first episode for Pickett to be a part of. <laughs> uh, great first episode for uh, Trevor Hoolan, Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. <laughs>